0: Hello and welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm the host Scott Nicol and I'm joined as ever by James O.B. O'Brien and Travis Morgan. We're here to go over the Leeds nil Manchester United 2 from the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, just to say a quick thank you, we've hit a thousand subscribers today and it's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. We've been popping the corks on the champagne, really appreciate it. The boys are buzzing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks ever so much. But let's get straight onto the ball. Travis, Sunday, Manchester United away to Leeds. After the result at OT, where Leeds should have won, they went 2 0 up, I seen the Man United lineup and I started writing my script. And I thought, let's see how the master Ten Hag does without his £250 million war chest players of Casemiro, Anthony, Ericsson. Uh, who was the other one there was Uh, four of them not playing but anyway Maguire was back in and Luke Shaw was sent back with him I thought if they can go 2-0 up at OT they're gonna wipe the floor with Man U here but by the end of the game I put my my script in the bin I just had to applaud Man United, Ten Hag and Marcus Rashford of course the guy is just a goal machine He's right up there now. Mane Salah levels, which I always knew he could be because I've still got an old iPhone and I chat searched way back to 2018 and I said, <laughs> he's the only Man United player I'd have at Liverpool. So I've always been a Rashford fan. I've always been representing. And yeah, you must be delighted because now, even you might admit it, you're in a title race, especially as we're watching live And Arsenal are drawing with Man City. They're both dropping two points right now.
1: Mate, if that result stays the same, it's huge for United. Obviously, like, I've had my eye a little bit on the back of that. But I think um, Sunday was all about the result. Like, when I, I, I'll admit, when I saw the lineup, I was a little bit worried. I thought, I didn't think he'd take the Barcelona game as seriously as he's done. Obviously, Casemiro suspended, but like you've, the names you've just reeled off, obviously Anthony's injured, Casemiro suspended, Erickson injured, Martinez. Was Martinez, on the bench. that
0: was it. That was the fourth
1: yeah. one. He's on, so their... on the bench. All of them ran on the bench as yeah. well. So we had, so we literally changed a lot of the team, and I was a little bit worried. Obviously, Maguire's not played a lot of football, and. He's not been playing great. He make, he's a big bag of nerves when he when he plays, but it was interesting tactically. I think people were saying from the first game that obviously Leeds set traps to let sort of Iran have the ball because he's not great in possession and he isn't he isn't the best in possession, not compared to Lasandro Martinez anyway. So I think. Maybe from a tactical perspective, obviously we were resting players, we had to use the squad, but he might have felt a little bit more confident with Maguire playing in terms of his ball playing. But again, he had, he, he didn't have the greatest game in terms of his possession, in possession. And the game, again, it started frantic. Leeds started, had the tails or probably had the better of the chances in the first half as well. Similar to Old Trafford, getting the wide players involved in the game, the hair had to make a few saves. We had we huffed and puffed, but I'd say Leeds probably shaded the first half. But again, similar to the first game, without the goals, it would have been difficult for Leeds to keep that tempo up for ninety minutes. Mm. I think on sixty minutes when we made the changes, it sort of changed the game. Um, obviously, with Leeds tiring and Garnacho's pace coming on on the wing, that's predominantly what caused them problems. And Begost, he hasn't been great in terms of his goal-scoring prowess, but in terms of his pressing, I think him sort of sitting in that number 10 role is what sort of instigated us being able to win the ball back higher up the pitch. And I think that's where the second goal came from, certainly. But the first goal was a little bit of a switch of play, great cross from Luke Shaw. And like you said, there's nothing Rashford can't do. But I was getting a little bit worried with 10 minutes to go. I thought, is it going to be one of them games that's just going to peter out to a nil-nil? Keepers making a couple of good saves, but we weren't like creating hundreds of chances. But again, I think the squad's a little bit stretched. Like you said, we've spent a lot of money, but the injuries and suspensions are mounting up a little bit. The games are coming thick and fast. So Again, the result just superseded everything, and I I was delighted to get the three points.
0: Yeah, Leeds gave a really good account of themselves. Um, They're really making the most of this no-manager bounce. But um, mm. I think I walked the dog at half time and I knew, I thought it's a tight game. Like you say, maybe Leeds shaded the first half, but I thought I can just visualise it now. It's going to be like that Wolves game. Was it over Christmas and yeah. Rashford scored in something like the 80 something? something. Yeah. It was when he, he was dropped, wasn't he? Because he turned yeah, up and he late came up Benji, and I thought yeah. I could just picture it. And I, when I do that, I don't know why I don't put a bet on. Uh, OB, yeah. did you watch the Leeds Man United game?
2: I was, I was running a line in my, my kids' football game, um, my oldest boys' football game, but I did see the extended highlights. and for, for, for me, it sounds like Trav's got it pretty much bang on. It looked like United were coming into the game as the game wore on. I think it's very telling that there's a fitness difference from what we've seen previously, United teams. And it's something that's being not talked about enough is the level of fitness that uh, 10 Hag's Hag's got the Team 2. I think he's unleashed what Abel was known as a great player in Rashford. I think he took a lot of unnecessary stick off a large part of the United support, especially when he was he was doing some amazing things around like uh kids kids dinners at school and all that sort of thing and he took a lot of unnecessary stick but he was doing things for the right reasons. He's um he's a well-balanced individual when he's clearly got his, his his mind on football again now and He's really showing a, a different side to what, is, what has always been a talent, you know, and he's, um, he's actually delivering in a team that's set up to, to, to basically showcase his skills, um, probably more than it ever has been in the past. He's a star man. He looks like he's a star man. He's acting like he's a star man. And that's, that can only be a positive thing for, for Man United.
0: Trav, you're the man with the inside knowledge. What on earth is Ten Hag doing if he's going to go stronger against Barcelona than he would in the league? Surely he can see the opportunity here. I, I mean, obviously, we're not fans of the Europa League, but for me, i just put it straight in the bin. I'd be playing all the Maguires and wan and anyone
1: else. Like, can you believe what he's doing? I think the mentality he's got is that every game he wants to win. Like, I don't... I understand yeah at some stage we might have to put more of our eggs in one basket than another but like with the cup final around the corner and so close after the two legs I don't think we can afford to go into that cup final without any momentum I think beating Leeds was important we've got Leicester this Sunday we've got the two the the, the two Barcelona games sandwiched around that Leicester game and straight after the second leg we go straight into the cup final so I think all of a sudden if you go into that put final, having dropped points against Leicester and then going out against Barcelona, the feel-good factor and the morale are slightly lower than if, if you sort of win that game and you beat the Leicester game. So we've got an important period of games coming up, starting against Leicester on Sunday. I think we have to sort of take victory. And even if we finish the second leg strongly and we go out narrowly or whatever or... Whatever happens, because Barcelona are flying the top of the league. That is not going to be an easy game for us. Um, obviously you think we've they'll got go our... for it? Yeah, I do. I think Barcelona will go for it. Yeah, for sure. I think um, they're top of their league, flying. They'll want to win the Europa League. As you know, they've got a lot of financial troubles as well. And obviously, the Europa League is absolutely nothing on the Champions League or anything like that. But I think for Ten Hag as a new manager in this country... He'll want to show that he, he can do a bit on the European stage. He won't want to lose this game. He's got that much of a high standard that he sets his players and for himself and his own personal pride. He'll want to go through in that game. So I think he, he's just seeing every game. He's taking every game as it comes. I think he wants to win every game and every competition that he enters. And we want to go into that cup final bouncing after victory. So I think the Barcelona game's probably more important to him than we think. Well, and he proved us wrong because he
0: he got the three points, even though he rested half the team. So what do I know? I'm just looking at your fixtures now. That is like horrendous. There's not even Mm. time to breathe, is there? You're playing basically every three games. OB, they are going to be be absolutely exhausted by the time they play Liverpool on the 4th of March, surely.
2: (laughs) Isn't that (laughs) beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? beautiful? I mean, ultimately, ultimately, if you stay in all these competitions, that's what happens. And I suppose the warning will be that when Liverpool stayed in all the competitions last year, there was a burnout, and there's mm. been a there's been a consequence of that. And I think that at some point, Ten Hag's going to have to go, going to let one of these go. He's pretty much through to the final Carabao Cup. He's playing every game, whether they win or lose. Now, um, the FA Cup, I think he'll want to keep going in that as well. But then, what does he do in the Europa League? It is a massive game, and I don't think. The Man United fans will take very kindly to a lot of players being rested in that game. So, um, really, he's kind of do got you... himself into a situation now where he just needs to keep going. So, do you think yeah.
0: the the Europa League just being a kind of I always call it the Champions League qualification mm. cup? Do you think it's just me that doesn't rate it? Do you think the majority of fans do rate it, Trav? What about people on Twitter? You love a
1: uh, a day on um, Twitter. Are they rating it? Not not to that degree, but. Again, it's, I don't think they're saying, oh, it doesn't matter if we go out. Like like it's a Barcelona, no matter what competition it, it's in, it is a little bit of a glamour tie. There's a lot of history between both clubs. Both got managers that, well, Xavi's trying to sort of stake his claim in management at that sort of level. Ten Hag's got a little bit more experience, but again, he's relatively new to the Premier League and everything like that. I think there's a lot at stake. I think both teams are sort of re- like being regarded as, one of the favourites to the competition, along with a couple of other teams as well. So whoever goes through will probably fancy the chances, along with Arsenal and a couple of other teams, to get some silverware under their belt. And like you said, I think for Ten Hag, he just sees himself as new to United. Any, any trophy that he can put on the board in his first season is just going to be a huge boost to his tenure going forward. So he's not going to want to go out He's gonna, but the team at the same time is sort of picking itself. Do you know what I mean? With the injuries and suspensions we've got, again Martinez is out tomorrow, suspended. Sabitz is suspended from the, from Bayern. That's carried over to our game. So again, you got Casemiro comes back, then he can't play against Leicester. So it's very much the team's changing a lot recently, and and I don't think we'll have a settled team until about. The, the final. I think he'll have one eye on the final now and he'll be thinking, I need my strongest team for that game against Newcastle. Then I think we play Reading afterwards in the FA Cup and that's when I think everyone will just rest because I think it's Liverpool the game afterwards. So although he's taking one game at t- a time, I do think he'll have one eye on sort of the, the Carabao Cup final.
0: Absolutely. Um, I noticed you praised Veghorst there um, for his link up play against Leeds and I watched it and yep. he, he's he's like a slow Peter Crouch if if that's even a thing a now, Is that possible? <laughs> I, I don't even know if it is because Peter Crouch was the slowest but it was almost looking like he was uh, running in quicksand yeah. I mean look how how's Veghorse been received for the rest of the Man United fan, ba- fan base that you know of um, and off the back of that what's the latest Twitter musings in regards to Ossiman and Harry Kane
1: Yeah I think it's been very split on Veg Horse. Like, I, I don't think you can question his attitude. What what people think he gives to the sides in terms of effort, just in terms of all those basic minimum requirements for a, a top player: attitude, will to win, desire, pressing, everything from a defensive standpoint, he's been good. But what he's in the team for is is to score goals. You know what I mean? And be a threat. And I don't think he's been that. Um, that player that everybody sort of expected for his size. The, the one thing I would say in his defense, not in terms of the way he's played, but I think we didn't really envisage him probably starting as many games as he started. I thought, I think people thought Martial would sort of be back now, he'd be coming on trying to impact games, coming on if we need a goal, throw a few crosses into the box, and that'd be that sort of player. But we sort of had to rely on him playing every game now. I, I always, I've I suggested from now sort of to the end of the season if, if he's still playing and it needs freshening up with Sancho coming back into the fold and when Anthony comes back, I think Sancho, Anthony and Rashford could play as a front three and you could play Rashford through the middle from now to the end of the season. It would probably offer us a little bit more of a threat, certainly in behind with his pace. Um, I think you could do that in certain games, but we've just not had the fitness of everybody there in order to do that. Um There's not really been much movement in terms of the Osserman and Kane thing. I think it's quieting down a little bit. Um I've not really heard. I think Osserman is sort of first choice from what I've seen Um in terms of Ten Hag's preference out of the two strikers. It would be interesting to see. I just don't think Tottenham would ever sell Harry Kane to Man United and get away with it. I just don't think it would go down very well. As much as he might want the move or whatever, I mean, he had a chance to go City last year. I think he did want to go. That move never materialised. So I just literally think the ship sailed and I just think, unfortunately, he's probably going to sign a big deal, get paid a wedge. Tottenham's going to love him and he'll probably finish his career there and, and, and we'll end up getting another for- centre-forward. Take Alan Shearer's record, win nothing and retire.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. That's what I think. OB, speaking of Twitter... Liverpool have even been linked with Osserman. What do you make of him? Because obviously we've seen him playing for Napoli in the Champions League. But not that I think we're in for him because, Jesus, we've got a, a plethora of forward players. I think if we bought Ossiman, I think I'd even drive to the AXA training centre and have a straight in oa if we bought another forward player <laughs> before a midfielder. Um, would you have him? If, if it meant someone like Diaz was leaving or Nunes was leaving for big money,
2: um, he's he's a very very good striker, uh, great player, obviously a natural goal scorer. Um We won't we won't be buying him. Yeah. I can absolutely, I'm, I'm sure I can assure you of that. We don't need him. Um, what we need is we need midfielders. I do rate the guy. He's a good striker. Um, personally, I think Kane would be a better option for Man United. And I've said that before. And I think he's probably the right player come in and give them two or three years to really push the club on. Um, it'd be interesting to see how Osman, um adapted to the Premier League. And that would be the key. And that would be the doubt. Um, I'm not saying he couldn't. What I'm saying is it's the unknown. Whereas we know Harry Kane's got the ability to do it week in, week out in this league. Um, the, the only thing with Kane is now with these rumours of Spurs being bought potentially that are being circulated today for a few billion quid. And um, as an asset, I suppose they're worth more if Harry Kane's playing for them. And that might be a condition and it might mean that some money's unlocked and it might mean that Harry Kane stays for the last few years of his career there. But we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, it's an interesting one. It needs to be part of the summer now, really, because nothing's happened to the summer because the transfer window's closed. And then uh, we'll see we'll see who's, who's doing what business in the summer.
0: Absolutely. Trav, I think it would be absolutely ludicrous if Ten Hag opted for Kane over Osserman. You cannot build the, the new Man United, the new dawn under Ten Hag around a 30-year-old Kane and a 31-year-old Casemiro, surely. It sounds like, do you know what it sounds like to me? A Mourinho signing. You know where he'd want to sign a player to, for the here and now to win now and he didn't care if they were 30. I just want to win a league or two for the next two years and then go. What's your thoughts? Would you have Kane, basically?
1: No, I totally agree with you. I think, like you said, we've been down that road before. I mean, we've just got rid of sort of a spine of De Gea, Maguire, McTominay and Fred, Maguire, Lindelof, Ronaldo, Cavani, agarlo That sort of spine. And then no disrespect, obviously, like you said, Casemiro's a wonderful player, but he's 30. Ericsson's just turned 31. Then you'll sign Kane at 30. You've still got De Gea and Varane's 30 so then you've got to look at again how long's that spine gonna last you do you know what I mean and like again I, I do think in the mark in the in the summer we're gonna we are gonna spend big again it I think it's pretty obvious in Ten Hag's second summer we're gonna spend again but we're already sort of saying that a partner for Casemiro is going to be like a priority along with a centre forward. So I can imagine those those two players between being between the ages of 23 and 26, 27. Um, I think we'll need cover at centre back because Maguire has apparently been told that he's surplus to the requirements and we're planning on taking half the price for him. And, and we've got to take that hit. You would not yeah. even get that, surely.
0: Yeah, who's, who's, who's buying him for 40 million quid? A 30 year old Harry Maguire for 40
1: Welcome. million. I'll fill up the car with petrol, mate. I'll take him all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, yeah, but there's,
2: there's nowhere for him to go, Trav. You'll be know. driving around, around the M25, and there'll
1: be no no turnings, mate. Nobody wants someone like.
0: Think of he, the he, petrol he, consumption he, as he, well, he, Trav, with his I, fat
1: head. <laughs> I could see someone like a Villa or something like partner with Mings, that sort of thing. I don't, I, I, don't, know. I don't, I don't know. If they want to spend the money on him, I, I mean, if he's going to cost forty million, he's going to cost forty million. I'm not sure he would buy him. If, 30, they if have... thirty million centre backs
0: um, are in fashion, we'll sell Matip for thirty million. Um yeah. a thirty year old centre back with Premier League experience. But listen, Man. we're dipping into the the summer transfer window poddy that's for another time <laughs> uh, we're all desperate to go and watch man city arsenal it sounds like a cracking game so, one each time yeah one each yeah, half time so yes. i'm going to go make a bit of dinner and i'm going to say thank you both for your time again we'll catch up again before the weekend to do a premier league preview for liverpool and man united but life's great to the ball boys travis james OB me scott a thousand subscribers thank you ever so much everyone on to the next one see you later cheers lads yes